0: Welcome to Canoe. I'm Junior. And I'm Jordan. We're two pastors, but don't worry, we're not going to preach. Nah, we think the best conversations happen on a canoe, especially ours. So whether you're on a run, in the kitchen, or on your commute, grab a paddle, hop in the canoe. Let's navigate a river together. Oh no. Yeah, this is going to be difficult for us in that i mean depression is a very serious thing that we don't want to make light of problem is is in the canoe we make light of most things that's all i, I do people, junior that's right i when mean are, that's i'm gonna get canceled for this episode yeah well this is kind of your pattern in life yeah my pattern we didn't talk about this no pattern river my pattern is that i use humor to deflect awkward situations and serious topics yep so here we are and uh this could please forgive me now <laughs> Well, we're excited because we invited a friend along on this. It's been a while since we've had a guest. In I've the been canoe. waiting to have this guy on our podcast. Oh, absolutely. He is so fun. So I thought, what, what's the most fun conversation we could talk about? Depression. He's the man <laughs> for this topic. <laughs> the but man hey, of let, the hour. Let's give him the best introduction that we know how. Hit it. He hails from Decatur, Illinois. A former frat boy from Sigma Nu, a legendary college nose tackle, snagged his M div from Trinity, curator of the Masterclass Theology podcast, father of adorable children, husband of one of the sweetest wives ever. He's Joel Freaking Bradshaw joel bradshaw good to have yeah. you in the canoe buddy. welcome in it's
1: great to be here dudes thank you
0: yeah so you know we have a tradition in this canoe and that is with each guest we do a would you rather uh, would you rather for joel is joel would you rather be chronically underdressed or overdressed what does that even mean chronically always so you just never so chronically you do you make a wear word wear for you clothes no you or- <laughs> <laughs> what's wrong with you what do you mean chronically means you're always underdressed or you're always overdressed yeah i'm picturing either being butt naked or you have like eight sweaters on <laughs> no, no, no no i'm saying like a formal event oh like you go to a yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay eight sweaters on I, I would love to go into your mind we should do a jordan mind river one day all right well all right joel what, chronically what overdressed or underdressed joel
1: Wow, I I would have to go overdressed.
0: Yeah, yeah. I've so, seen you rock a suit. So that's like you go to uh, you go to the pool wearing a suit. He would do it well. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> he'd be Chippendales. I'll have my cocktail. <laughs> get on over here, Joe. <laughs> hey, before we get into Depression River, we've got one of our favorite segments, and that is. River Views. One, two,
1: three, four, five stars. River
0: views. All right, Jordan. Why don't you tell us what's before us right now? Because it looks like something out of Willy Wonka. I found twenty-four carat gold edible sheets. Really? You can put gold on anything and eat it. How do they? How do what's they promote this? What's classier than that? You want to make something classy? Throw some gold. Take a take a baked potato. Throw some gold flakes on it. it would and be cool. I'll tell you what. She'll come crawling back to you, buddy. That's right. On a baked potato, <laughs> <laughs> gold crusted. So, what I did, Junior, I put these on some M Ms. Okay, and I thought we would just give them an honest right. review, one to five stars. Okay, let's, let's take do a this. Bite. Smile for a second. Oh, yeah, hey, you look like you got a grill. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> that adds a star. Now they are. I do taste a little bit of a metallic flavor. Is a metallicy flavor. But you're eating gold, so it's kind of comes, it comes at, at a Part par with the course. I'm going. Five out of five stars. These are freaking awesome. Are you awesome. serious? These are awesome. No, you're serious. You're... When we started doing this, we promised never to give five stars. I know. I can't think of anything better that we've reviewed. <laughs> are you serious, Junior? You can put gold and eat it. Okay, I am giving it a four star because they could have gave it a flavor. There's no flavor in these other than metallic. Yeah, because they don't. Want what you don't want to ruin the flavor of the steak or the potato or the M&M for that matter. Okay. Delicious. All right. Five stars. Mm-hmm. Well, here we are on Depression River, and I just got to say, thank you for listening, because this isn't a topic that most people really want to talk about. Even those who have depression is like, man, do we really want to, like, it's kind of a sad topic to talk about. And it's and a touchy and sensitive subject. And maybe Maybe there's someone in your family, you know someone. This yeah. might be a really good podcast to share with some other people right. as well. So or maybe so we, we, we struggle are, we with it. We want to be pet sensitive. Now, we have Joel in here, and one of the reasons we brought Joel in, I mean, there's many reasons we brought Joel in, but one of the reasons is, Joel, you, this has been a struggle for you. and your Life, correct? You bet. What is depression? Because it's not, you know, when we think about like depression, a lot of times we think of like sadness, but it's definitely not sadness. I mean, I feel sadness when my sports team loses. That's definitely not depression, of course. So, what is depression?
1: Yeah, one of the examples I love is let's, let's say you're in a dark basement and the lights are off and it's 12 o'clock outside. It's noon. So, the sun's shining really bright. And yet, the blinds are drawn on the windows. And so, you can't experience the sun. You know, the sun is shining, but you can't experience it. Those dark shades, that's like what depression does. It just gets in the way. It's this profound sadness that like creeps into like your very soul. Like It's, it's this response of your inside person that just, oh.
0: So it's not like this momentary little bit. Would you say this is a, a pattern in your life that you're experiencing?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. There, there are people who say, well, I feel depressed. And then there's others who might say, I'm going through depression. And so sometimes okay. it feels like a momentary sadness. But if you've been journeying with it for a while, it has changed you, and it is something that is so a part of your life.
0: So it's time. You'd say it's more of a time, a time and a length of time, because there's a lot of. And I see this a lot now too, because every, you know, I feel like everyone's anxious and everyone has depression nowadays because they get. St- sad and they automatically say i'm depressed. So yeah. you're saying that it's more of a drawn out
1: Yeah, i i would say like there, there's something it, when i meet a depressed person my my first thing to find out is what's in their crockpot. Like what's really been stewing in their soul for a while. What do you
0: mean by crockpot? I don't honestly don't like anything in a slow cooker. Junior, save that for grind is my gears. So what do you mean by crockpot? So yeah, or so slow cooker. So when
1: i when i meet someone my journey with somebody with depression And they're going through, they say, I'm so depressed. I want to find out what's going on. So are they experiencing maybe guilt or regret or shame or pain or grief or rejection? Maybe they're discouraged. What's been stewing in there for a while? It's it's kind of like how fear for a long time... is feeding anxiety well depression I, depression is not so much fed like anxiety kind of is but it's maintained and that's good so
0: you're trying to get to why are you actually sad what's it, making you sad for a prolonged time
1: yeah like what what have you had to deal with What's something either in your past or in your present usually depression has nothing to do with the future that, that's where anxiety is game
0: so joel would you say and you can correct me if i'm completely off here but would you say like depression can sometimes be like a check engine light on your car or it's like the check engine light goes off and you're like, okay, there's many different things that can lead to this check engine light going off.
1: Yeah, I, I would say if, if I was going to see a, a check engine light, I would be looking for uh, depression's evil best friend called shame. Okay. And there's an old definition like guilt is I've done something bad, but shame is I am something bad. Okay. So you st- I'll start to hear shame statements. I'm the worst. I just, I'm the worst person ever. I, I, everyone hates me because I am just, so I start to hear judgment statements. Okay. And that's usually the presence of shame.
0: No, cause you, you, you're a counselor. What do you say? Yeah, how do you differentiate? Because there are times where people will say things like that mm-hmm. audibly a lot, and sometimes it's more like I'm looking for people to um, give me encouragement versus like, no, this is actually something. They like you're, really you're do saying, believe. they always do it for an attention. Yeah. Thing? How do you? How do you? Yeah. Because I remember that? seeing that. Like, and maybe I'm being judgmental, but like in middle school, you know, these girls would say, oh, I'm going through depression." They would always say that, and then their small group would be like, "No, you're awesome. You're awesome. You're awesome." <laughs> you know, it kind of felt like, okay, yeah. well, you guys are saying that. I'm for not. That I'm reason. so not pretty. Yeah. Oh yes, you are. Right. Do you ever run into into that in counseling,
1: yeah. The, the the first thing I do in counseling is I, I want to fi- try to figure out what's going on. Do, I, do is there anything going on in, in their in their slow cooker? Yeah, but I, the first thing I love to do is. I, I invite the person to share what stories they're telling themselves. Okay. And the stories have three categories. The stories about God, like, you know, God's never going to forgive me or God hates me or whatever. There are stories about others. Okay. And these are sometimes if you were bullied as a kid, I was bullied a lot. So you turn into a parrot and like, you know, kind of like the Pollywanna cracker kind of parrot yeah. and you begin to repeat other people's stories and they become your stories and that's mm. when that's when they hurt. That's when they maintain. So the stories about God, stories about others and then stories that you're, you're telling yourself about yourself okay and so I look for those stories and isolating what 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 stories are you telling and what are you repeating it on a daily basis so basically you're just firing them at yourself and you're just constantly telling yourself these stories and that's what's keeping you where you're at okay what and are
0: some common stories that you hear from people
1: well and a lot of times these stories are, are laced with judgment and they're laced with shame so if you I grew up being bullied and so I, I, I was told by bullies that I was fat and worthless I'll so never amount to anything and mm. so I, take, I took those and I made them my stories and so, okay. so struggling with like how I view myself. And so other people are, they look back and I'm a failure. I, all I've done is made horrible decisions and i'll never amount to anything or i i can't seem to keep a relationship and it must be i'm the worst or you begin to hear shame and or god will never i just met with i met with somebody not not too long ago said well god will never forgive me and god must hate me and 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 i just and all these things they're not they're not true but they're your reality because they're the stories you tell yourself and honestly nobody has more access to you than you yeah. so what you tell you so, tell yourself has so much power
0: that is really interesting, interesting. i remember actually it's bringing bringing this up now i feel like i'm in counseling I, I remember in high school this kid you remember the old commercials where there was like a stain and the stain would start talking and it was really annoying it was like a, a detergent commercial remember this uh, the, the talking little like stain. vaguely remember this well anyways i remember this kid in school turns to me says, hey jordan you know that that talking stain that's so annoying He's like, that's kind of you. You just talk all the time and you're kind of annoying. Wow. And I was like, and I remember though, I was like, wait, am I kind of the talking stain? But yeah. it's true. You yeah. kind of start to believe the other stories that people tell and you. And then you yourself. just start repeating them to yourself. Is that yeah. what you're saying, Joel? You just start, you hear yeah. those stories and you just start repeating them to yourself. Yeah. yeah. And you, you start you,
1: to believe it. You believe them to be true. You repeat them. And so- With with, Like with anxiety, it it seems to be more fed by things. So my fear, my anger, my resentment, it's like, okay, and what I don't know what to do, I'm out of control. With depression, it's not so much fed, it's maintained. And it's maintained by the stories. And your stories are really responses to your situation. So you've you've lost a loved one, and now you're telling yourself this story that I'm in this worst spot, and nobody understands me, and, and I'll never recover from this. And you just sink deeper and deeper and deeper.
0: Joel, a lot of listeners listening are there. Yep. Right now, or oh, yeah. they know, or they have people that are there. So, what do we do with it? How do we get out of this? Yeah, no, hold, on, hold on, Jordan, because again, you're, you're talking like an annoying stain again. Oh, no, not again. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want, I want to get to that because that's a really good question, and Joel's on a roll here. But first, we do have to hit canoes. canoes. <laughs> Weird, crazy,
1: gooky news. It's canoes.
0: Today's canoes comes from Portland. Oregon oh man which is where anything weird is going to happen that's right a herd of city goats well known in Portland Oregon were temporarily set free Tuesday morning in what appeared to be an act of protest against the planned sweep of nearby homeless encampment this is what I love about people of Portland (laughs) we want to protect our homeless so let's just let a bunch of goats go loose so then everyone was focusing on the goats instead of the homeless who knows what they're thinking honestly they might all be drunk or high or both it does remind me though I killed a goat about a month ago. Killed a goat. I killed a goat for New Year's in protest of the homeless? No, to feed my belly. <laughs> well, what yeah. do you mean you killed a I goat? I was in Africa and this goat was tied out outside oh, in my door. Yeah. You killed a goat? And I was going into my room and <clears throat> I asked about, like what's this goat tied up about outside the room? And they said, "Well, that's your New Year's Eve dinner." No. Yeah. So, I killed that goat. I have like, its horns sitting you, in my office. What did you <gasps> like you You know what? I was neck? all excited because this goat was a jerk. It would just like <laughs> it would like would, oh my word! I don't know what what do goats do. Winnie, bah! That that goat would whinny at me, and it, all the time, anytime I'd walk past it. So I was like excited to kill this thing, and then when I did, I felt awful. It was like screaming oh. and crying, and was I was it? I was like cutting it. It was terrible. Well, and it's hard too because goats. I feel no matter what direction they're looking at, they're still looking at you with the eye. It's true. So that was, was <laughs> very true actually. So it was looking at you as you were. crying. It was. I don't uh. know how the Old Testament priest did it. You know what's funny though? I got sick from that goat. The goat got the last laugh. Uh, That's right. Suck on that, Portland. (laughs) So, Joel, I want to get back to what you were talking about earlier, you know, that we start telling ourselves these stories and this is what keeps the depression or maintains really the depression in us. How do we then begin to combat that? Because some of us, the truth is, I mean, you were right, Jordan, before I so rudely called you. (laughs) <laughs> Not again. but it, it is true that there is a lot of our listeners who are dealing with this or they know mm-hmm. people who deal with it and to be honest with you somebody like me where i don't think i've gone through depression i might have in college i don't know how to deal with it so somebody comes to me depressed and i kind of feel like whoa whoa whoa, this is like mm. this is this is a whole other world for me so what do we do somebody comes to us at work and they start telling we, we can identify they're telling them their, themselves these things what do you say
1: I mean, I think that there's power in understanding what your stories are. And so what you're telling yourself about God about other people and, and especially how they view you and about yourself. Your stories about yourself have so much power over you that just understanding those stories. And then from a Christian standpoint, uh, I, I met, I met a man the other day working, he's dealing with depression. He, he's hit rock bottom. He didn't know what to do. And he looks at me and he's also an atheist and he looks at me and he goes, what do you do? And I talk, I talk about that quiver full of arrows. And I just said, you know what? I'm a Christian. I have biblical truth. It's like, I have more ammo than you. And so to be able to fire back with biblical reality, Instead of like, I'm not fat and worthless. Instead, you know, Psalm 139, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm-hmm. It's like, like, hold on now. God, God, God values me. God, God has a plan. Jesus, he sent Jesus to die in my place. Yeah. So he loves me. Like I'm not unloved. I'm, you know, I may feel I may feel lonely, but I'm not alone. I mean, to tell yourself that 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 those are so understanding.
0: Like what would you say to people who might say, well, so Joel, are you saying like just start quoting Bible verses and my depression will dissipate?
1: It's going to take a lot of effort. It takes a lot of discipline to change your story and to tell yourself those stories because that's you're not you're no longer maintaining the, those stories anymore. You're maintaining different stories. And I mean, if you think about it, depression is a mood. It's a mood response. So now you are affecting your mood by the stories you tell yourself, people who go through depression. Some of them have really, really hard pasts. And so we got to deal with the past. You got to okay. put your, putting your past in its place as a lot of, has a lot of value to this. Maybe okay. there's forgiveness work or whatever. You're going to deal with what's gone on and your. how can you effectively put that in, in its okay. place? That's part of it as well. But the depression is maintained in the present.
0: Okay. So really kind of what you're saying is like, you still might need to get to the core of what yeah. is causing the depression, but you're eliminating what is maintaining. Because something's in your
1: crockpot. So we got to deal with the issue. Yeah, But you have a lot of power. So it doesn't, it may not make sense, but with depression, there's actually a lot of hope because you have a lot of control over what you tell yourself. So there's a lot of hope there. And depression doesn't have to be the worst possible thing. There's
0: hope. Joel, part of my problem or my struggle with trying to help someone is what if people are coming to me with some of these stories or they come to you and some of their stories kind of true. Like the reality is when the kid was calling me an annoying stain, to be honest, there was a part of me that was kind of an annoying stain a lot of times. So like, what, how do you know, and what if part of that story is true? Yeah, how do you navigate that?
1: Yeah, so I'll, I'll look back in my life where I was called fat and it was used, but people weren't calling me fat just to say, hey, you know what, you've got a weight problem, you might want to address that. No, they were now using that to make me feel judged and less valued, and so the problem is something may be true, but now I'm attaching shame to that, and the shame's uh, depression's evil best friend shame comes on and says, see, you are the worst. And you mm. are less than everybody else because they're all skinny and, and you're not. And so it's the sh- it's addressing the shame. So something may indeed be true. I may have needed to get on Weight Watchers or something. There may have been an issue there. But mm. I'm not less valued. I mean, I'm not less than anyone else.
0: Yeah, that seems so simple. I mean, it makes total sense, though. It's like, let's take a story. Maybe part of it's true. But really what's happening is we got to detach the shame that mm-hmm. comes with that. So, Joel, what do you say to somebody who is, you know, listening and they're like, man, I got uh mom, or I got a dad, or I have this coworker, they're really struggling. How do I help them?
1: I hope you have enough information now to know how to pray for them. So, you know, I remind them of the, the good stories about God. You know, you, you, you can main help them to maintain their stories, but I would say the best possible thing that's happened in my life with my depression, I wrecked the family car on the side of an interstate. It was the most depressed shame moment of my life. I was fearing. I was talking with, with with my wife, talking with Jen about what are we gonna do? We're still paying this car off. We didn't get the 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 whatever the gap insurance, and now I'm gonna have to buy another car and have two car bills. I'm just feeling all the time. I am the worst. I am the worst. I am the worst. And here's what Jen did. And it's another weapon image. She disarmed my shame. She disarmed it. How'd she she, it? she looked at me as she, she, I was sitting, sitting before her ready to bust out in tears, just ready just to completely just, just, I don't know what to do. She says, honey, no matter what happens, we're going to get this to get, we're going to get through this together. And the, right away, my shame was disarmed.
0: I'm glad you said that because I think there's a lot of people who feel once their loved one is, is going through depression, they just feel hopeless and they feel like they can't do anything. And what you're saying is, no, you they have words that are, can be life-giving and actually change that person's yeah, was, mindset about themselves. That's this right. is why Scripture says speak life. I even have a bracelet around mm-hmm. my wrist right now that says speak life. And I think too often we kind of undervalue how much our words matter. Yeah, You go back to Jaws as a kid when you have kids who are making fun of you for, yeah. for your weight problem. Mm-hmm. Those were those words meant something, but just on the flip side of that, our words can also be life giving. So those words spoken, you right. were death, but words can also be very life giving, mm. and it should it should really cause us to just go, what kind of words are coming out of my mouth? That's right. Am I feeding people's depression really, and how I how I speak to them, or am I lifting them out? So, Junior, let's end this episode with you just saying one encouraging thing about me. You know what I'd rather do? I would rather speak the opposite of life. Here's what grinds my gears. <laughs>
1: This is what grinds my gears. This is what grinds my gears.
0: Jordan, let me tell you what grinds my gears. What? We just talked about it. Crockpots. There is nothing worse in this world than crockpots. soup side, I don't think I've ever liked anything in a crockpot how could you it's like almost someone's like hey how can we make the nasty How or what's the way to prepare food in the nastiest way let's put it in a crock pot ah. and liquefy it yeah let's make it as soggy as possible yeah. let's take a nice big chunk of meat and let's just liquefy it Yeah, it should be against the law you know last night my wife made something in the crock pot stroganoff people like love stro- her stroganoff so to be fair like she makes stroganoff for other people and they love it I yeah. they hate it I, don't, yeah, I went me. home and I kissed her and I said I love you this is the one meal I can't do and I made myself some chicken wings <laughs> What a guy. You're a gem. <laughs> well, Joel, thank you so much for joining us. Joel's been a good friend of ours. He's probably one of the funnier guys I have ever met. He's a riot. If we ever do comedy, river, we're just going to have to bring Joel and just let him go. Oh, man. Let him do it. We've had to be a little bit more careful on this river, I would say. Just cause it's the Prussian River, you know. Got to be sensitive. Yeah. And that's us. Share, the, guys. share the podcast yes. with people who are sad and could use a little lip. Joel. A little Joel. <laughs> <laughs> now, thanks again, Joel, for joining us. And for real, though, share this podcast. It really does help us. So if you haven't done that yet on this river, please do it. You never know. You never know what we just talked about, what that could do for somebody else. Thanks for joining us, and we will see you on the next river. Yeah, I'm picturing either being butt naked or you have like eight sweaters on.